whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is the four most exciting syllables in show business. It's Rick Westerkamp, everybody. That's great. <laughs> Feel free to use that. Put that in your bio. That'll be great. How you doing? I'm great. Good. Yeah. And you're here to talk about... Applause. Welcome to the theater. To the magic. To the fun. Where painted trees and flowers grow And laughter rings fortissimo And treachery sweetly done Now you've entered the asylum This profession unique Actors are children Playing hide and ego seek So welcome Miss Eve Harrington to this business we call show you're on your way to wealth and fame unsheathe your claws enjoy the game you'll be a bitch but they'll know your name from new york to kokomo welcome to the theater my dear you'll love it so Yes, you are. <laughs> applause. So, I had never heard applause before you said so. I wow. have seen All About Eve uh-huh. 150 times. Yeah. And uh, I knew the show existed, obviously, mm-hmm. but I had never listened to it, and I'm really excited to talk with you about it. But how did applause come into your life? So, when I was a freshman in high school, um, that was the musical we were doing, and it was the first time that I didn't know a show that I was mm-hmm. auditioning mm-hmm. for. And that was really cool to me. I think a lot of my peers thought that it was unsavory, <laughs> that none of us <laughs> had heard of the show in like central New Jersey had sure. heard of it. Right. Um, what year are we talking about here? Two thousand somewhere. Two. Two. Okay. Two thousand two. Two thousand three. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's quite a choice for a high school. Absolutely. And my parents hadn't heard of it either. Oh, really? And like they knew the shows I did in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we were doing 42nd Street. They were like, oh, you tap dance. So like you have to do this show. Mm-hmm. And then we did Anything Goes. And they were like, oh, again, you tap dance. You have to do this show. <laughs> and then in eighth grade, we did Footloose. And I was like, well, the Kevin Bacon movie is iconic. And like right. I need to like to be do that. the dance yeah. in the town that doesn't dance. Like we have to do this. Mm-hmm. So then this show happened and I couldn't find it at Barnes and Noble and we like went to um, Colony Music in Manhattan. They had like all of those like records and recordings and sheet music and they had like two copies of the CD on hand and I was like I need this (laughs) Um, and yeah and we did the show. Who would you play? I was like gypsy number five, but okay. in the song Applause, I mm-hmm. was like, when I was eight, I was in a school play. I'll never forget it. I have one line to say. Um, and that was like enough. Sure. Like that, like scratched the itch of like needing a moment. Sure. Um, Cause like I was a dancing boy, like I've always danced. Sure. So that was enough. Like mm-hmm. I was always going to be noticed for that mm-hmm. in a, in a show in my town. So uh, sure. yeah. So that, that was fun. And then, Okay. <laughs> And that's like, wow, applause. So what, so you did other shows you did in high school. 
we then we did Cinderella. The Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, and you can't take it with you, and uh, Fame, and Hello Dolly. So pretty, like standard, standard very shows. like you go to college and like five other people have played right. Cornelius exactly, but like no one Cornelius. has done uh, a dream, <laughs> a dr- like every dream. <laughs> but yeah, but I got to college and no one had done applause, no. and I like keep wanting it. Like I want it to come back. I want like. I like want to do like this cabaret I was going to do. I wanted to sing something that Margot Channing sings. Sure. I was, like, she is everything. Did you have a Margot? I mean, is that why it we, was done? Well, we did. I mean, this girl had like one, had but... a great voice okay. and she carried herself older. She was a junior. It was like a big coup. The seniors Ooh. were like, what is going on? But yeah, like they knew she was good. So like, who cared? Sure. Um, come showtime. Like nobody cared. Right. Uh, yeah, but it was mature. But I wasn't. I wasn't in any of the rehearsals where we like had to handle anything that was like sure. too much for a high schooler. Sure, sure, sure. I was in the scenes that were like, we're gonna sing about how much we love this, and I was like, yes, I love applause. Like, please. That's called applause. Absolutely. Um, that's a weird choice. I mean, it's yeah. just such a funny. Did you did was the director a huge fan? Like, was there? Do you know what the? I don't know if she was a huge fan. I mean, she did they get a buy one get one from MTI? Like, I what don't was know. the? Like, she her line every Friday rehearsal that she would like be stuck in the auditorium with us would be that she could be at happy hour, and now uh-huh. as like a middle school drama teacher, sure. like, I would never say that to my students or get away with it, but like she did, and mm-hmm. like that was her mo. So when we got to the song "Fasten Your Seatbelts," it's gonna be a bumpy night. Like I think we like tapped into something real for her. Okay. Um, but I don't think that was her. That like, was why she chose to the it. show. Sure. I think it's just because it was like '70s fabulous, and that's sort of like where her hair stopped. So sure, it was like her okay. brand, like her bread and butter. Sure, it's just it's <laughs> such a funny. I mean, it's a show I knew about. Mm-hmm. Be- for many reasons. I mean, I love, uh, I love, like I say, I love All About Eve. So, mm-hmm. like, they have a musical version of All About oh, Eve. Oh, yeah. Great. It stars Lauren Bacall. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It also stars Len Carew. Yeah. Awesome. You know, like, we're, it's just getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it had won the Tony for Best Musical the year before Company. Yeah. And so that was, but that was it. I mean, mm-hmm. I never got it. I, my, you know, nobody had it. it. It wasn't something people listened to. It was Charles Strauss and Lee Adams, you know, mm-hmm. fresh off of Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. And I heard one song from it not too long ago. It was either, I think it was But Alive. Okay. Because um, Playbill put out a like mixtape of every decade. Oh, they still have cool. them. You can go find them. And uh, they're just Spotify playlists. Mm-hmm. But that was the song from Applause. Mm. And, you know, it's a fun, and you know, uh, 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 Laura McCall's a baritone, so oh, yeah. you know, I can sing along easily. Oh, it's everything. And uh, it is just such a funny little thing. But to yeah. listen to it like all the way through a couple times was very, very interesting. And mm-hmm. then um, to realize that it would have been funny if, if like company had opened you know, a month earlier than it did, they would yeah. have been competing at the Tony Awards. And that would, because it did, it opened a month before company. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, like, for whatever reason, the cutoff, I guess, was April 1st or something. Mm-hmm. And company didn't win the Tony until the, fo- like, it had been running for a year okay. before it won the Tony. And, and it was also, what's really funny, is that there was no Tony for best score. Mm. Um, this year it started the next year yeah. so which means that Stephen Sondheim won the first three Tony Awards for best best music and lyrics as it was called then actually for company it was he won both best, there was one for best music and one for best lyrics um, 
But so that was, it's just a funny little quirk of fate. It's a show that people would often reference, but like you say, I never heard anyone sing mm-hmm. it. I never heard anyone do any numbers from it. It was yeah. just one that we all knew. Uh, but before we go any further, it is probably at this point a good idea that we, I ask you to summarize the plot <laughs> of applause to the best of your ability. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot happens. In this show. Absolutely. So like <laughs> curtain up, this like famed Margot Channing is uh, is giving Eve her Tony Award. Right. And Eve thanks her, and then it sends Margot into this like flash, fabulous flashback um, to this opening night of a show, and there's this the like backstage babbly song, building the anticipation of like what her reviews will be, what her uh, reception will be, and uh, in the crowd is Eve, who is playing this like ingenue hooker with a heart of gold moment, like. Like it's her job, mm-hmm. um, and Margot finds out that her love interest, uh, Bill, I believe so. Yeah, Bill yes. is going out of town to like shoot a movie, and she wants him to stay. And her sort of way of picking her up off herself up off the floor is to get her f- fabulous with a capital F hairdresser Dwayne to take her and Eve to the village to like go dancing <laughs> and then they come back and she sees herself on TV in this like older role younger role and she's like who is this girl mm-hmm. and then she sings who's that girl and then we flash forward and Eve is her personal assistant, but like clamoring for like a taste of the life. Right. And uh, she pals up with Margot's like producer or agent. I forget what he is, but I think his name is like Harold. Howard. Howard. Yeah. Howard. Harold. Harold was my optometrist growing up, so oh, maybe that's go. why I thought <laughs> it was Harold. Um, and he takes her to this gypsy bar. And they sing the titular song applause and she like gets this taste of like the life from these people who go from show to show to show. Um, And then it gets fuzzy. Oh, then, then she becomes Margot's understudy. Right. And like Bill comes back and Margot's like complaining about Eve and she sing, then they get, they have a fight, and Bill's like, I'm like out of here, like, see you later, lady. And she like welcomes Eve to the theater in this like fabulous song, Welcome to the Theater, which like I can't get enough of. <laughs> and um, and then we close Act One, and then Act Two, uh, they're at uh, Margot goes out of town to see her like playwright friend mm-hmm. and his wife. And they're on Eve's side, so the wife and maybe the playwright um, yeah. take all of the gas out of her car so she can't make it to the show. And then they sing this song about friendship that like ends in the wife being like, what have I done? Like this woman thinks I'm like her good friend and I like did this really shady right. thing to her. And Eve goes on and like is well received and, and um, Margot can't have like any of it. And then she goes with the producer back to that gypsy bar and snubs like all of the people that she met. And when she was on her way up, she like ne- thought she needed these people. But now that she's up, she's like, oh, I don't need you people. Right. And they make fun of her in a fabulous song. She's no longer a gypsy. And 
then she's, but then like Eve is also trying to like sleep with these men who she thinks can like get her places. So she snubs the like producer agent man for the playwright guy. But then like she realizes that she needs him to like keep her story and like not tell everyone how conniving she was. And then like somehow Bill comes back and Margo's like, I don't know that I like need this theatrical life. Like what if I just want a life with you? And, and then we meet up to her getting her, her Tony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In this like sorted, like showgirls meets like camp moment of like, I'm going to throw these jewels or poison your Snapple and then you can't go on. And I am ready. Which my like high school self, my freshman in high school self, sure. really loved that. Yeah. Probably a bit too much. Oh, like the, the eveness of it all. Oh, the, yeah. The conniving and then the... like, because this was also the height of my like obsession with Will and Grace. And oh, Jack okay. had this moment that in my mind happened multiple times throughout the show, but maybe only happened once. I just like, it stayed with me sure. where he like did this arm and was like, poor Eve trying to like <laughs> recall the, the movie. <laughs> sure. And because I was working on the show, I like saw that episode probably at like 11 o'clock at night on like Nickelodeon or something. And right. was like, Oh my God, it. I'm in applause. <laughs> like I, I get this more than anyone else. I mean, other people probably got it. Sure. But. Well, no, it's a network television show. They probably wrote the joke for a very broad audience. But your point is well taken. It had a personal connection at the time for you, and that's important. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Uh, well, yes. my parents would do this thing when I was in a show where we would like sit down and watch like the source material. Sure. Yeah, so we, we watched like the 42nd Street movie, which was like horrible compared to like the, the stage show. show. Yeah. And we watched the Kevin Bacon movie. And I don't know if we watched anything about Anything Goes, but... Oh, we went to see another school do it. Oh, okay. We, like, brought, like, two of my friends. We, like, had pizza on, like, a Friday night after school. And we, like, drove to this school, like, two towns over. And we're like, our show's going to be so much better. I don't know that it was. I mean, it's a middle school production of Anything Goes. So, like, really. There's a ceiling is what you're saying. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a certain amount of good it can be. (laughs) We'll see how close we can get to that. So then you watched All About Eve. We did. Yeah. We did. And I didn't realize at the time how like seminal that is for like gay people. Yeah. And um and now I'm like kind of obsessed that like my suburban parents sat me down to watch it all in like two thousand three yeah. and sure. were like, let's just like go let's all the way in. in. Sure. Oh yeah. It's a huge in that, Oh it's I mean, great. It's, it's, yeah. I mean oh, it's yeah. a great oh it's a tremendous movie. I mean yeah. it's one of those I recently culled all of my physical media like mm-hmm. all my dvds and blu-rays as much as i could and i kept a select few and one of the ones i kept was my blu-ray copy of all about eve because yeah. it's just i absolutely love it um and it's you know best picture all kinds of other and it, like, it's so it makes good. sense seeing the movie that like the urge to turn it into a musical it does i yeah. don't know that what actually ended up happening is what anyone well thought was gonna happen that's what i actually it. really liked about it i have to say because yeah. it, it, it's an interesting it's a, uh, it's a real never say never again situation. Which, if you get that reference, good good for you. <laughs> the um, in that the 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 Charles Strauss and Lee Adams and uh, Betty Condon and it's Condon and Green for yeah. crying out loud, right in the book. And the producers did not have the rights to the movie. Yeah, but they did have the rights to the short story, so mm-hmm. they just couldn't use anything that was in the film. Yeah, and so it differs from the film 
in very key ways. Character yeah. names are changed, situations are a little different. But then like they got they got the rights once it was like this isn't horrible. Right. And that's when they did Fasten Your Seat. Exactly belts, right. They were they were able like... to Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. I have thoughts on Fasten Your Seatbelt. <laughs> but uh it is it is the film all about Eve. If you don't you've never seen the film, it is the film in which Betty Davis says Fasten Your Seatbelts, it's gonna be a bumpy night, which is a great line. Mm-hmm. And um the f- but the film has, I mean, many, many iconic moments in the film. Like George Saunders, for example, his mm-hmm. whole character is different in, in, the, uh, in the musical yeah. in, and is the producer of the play. He's the sort of, I don't remember what he is in the movie, like what his actual job is, he's yeah. a columnist or something. Mm-hmm. This All About Eve kind of sits with um, the series of movies that were made in the 50s, like Sweet Smell of Success, Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. these sort of black and white noirish movies exposing yeah. the underbelly of the entertainment industry, yeah. really for the first time on the big screen. These mm-hmm. were things that were written about in like pulp novels and Which I'm like biographies. A sucker for. Oh, like sure. everything from like this through to Smash. Like it's so funny to think yeah. there was a period in time, I mean it was sixty years ago, but it wasn't that long ago, where people didn't know that there was a machine mm-hmm. like behind all of this stuff is a giant machine yeah. full of people who some of whom are nice some mm-hmm. of whom are really really not and yeah. this is just what it is and all you see i mean the end of all about eve is a stunning moment where she accepts i don't know if it's a tony or an oscar she accepts an, uh, eve is accepting an award mm-hmm. and she thanks everybody who she kicked on the way up, basically, yeah. and they just sit there and stare at her, and it's this very wonderfully hollow moment. She's also, there's a recursive element to the movie, because in the movie, she's a lot more conniving from the jump, or at mm-hmm. least we know that she's She's conniving. not playing the innocent as yeah. much at the beginning of, like, poor little old me, like, home alone in, in my apartment. Like, to, yeah. your performances give me life. And to Betty Davis's dressing room, and then, yeah. like, when she's not looking, tries on some of her clothes, and then mm-hmm. that is mirrored at the end of the movie when a girl does the same thing to her, and you get the sense of, like, oh, this yeah. is never gonna stop. Lovely. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, but the musical, I think not having the rights to the movie is was the musical's greatest benefit yeah. because it doesn't they couldn't use the title because the the mm-hmm. actual title is called The Wisdom of Eve it's a short mm-hmm. story so they had to come up with a new title first and foremost but then they also instead of setting it in 1950 set it in 1970 yeah. in New York and I think mm-hmm. that was the best idea yeah. they could have possibly had it Absolutely. really makes it all very very present yeah. for the time I was obviously 40 years ago now but it was uh, my math good yes um but it, it is it makes everything, including Lauren Bacall, playing her mm-hmm. actual age, you know, playing somebody who was huge in the forties yeah. and fifties and whose career is on the downslide, mm-hmm. playing that person. I mean, that must have been a oh. miracle to see uh, like on stage. I would she wasn't love even that, that old. I mean, that's the funny mm-hmm. how old was she when this came out? Because she was super young when she married Humphrey mm-hmm. Bogart. Nineteen twenty four. She was forty six. When she did applause. Um, wow. That ain't that old. No. Says someone who's almost 40, says. Um, so, yeah, but I think it's it, it's those moments that are, like, the best. And, and it allows the score to be Burt bacharach Oh, yeah. It is, it is sort yeah. of, like, it lives in that. You know what it reminded me of is, um, and this is also Charles Strauss, I think. Let me look this up before I'm right. The first thing it reminded me of was It's a Bird, It's a Planet, Superman, but that's mm. only because I had just listened to it. No, it reminded me of Sweet Charity. Yes. Um, 
Absolutely. which is Coleman and Fields. But yeah, well, it, like those those like dance breaks, those like Oh yeah. that like Rich Man Fruit. I don't know that we get them all the time now and if we do, I think we feel the need to like condense them and I don't know, as like a dance person, I could like luxuriate in a good like Rich Man's Frug right. length dance break in every oh, show yeah. I see until sure. I'm six feet under. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's just like bright horns and you're like, these people must have been like shaking it for oh, Jesus. Oh, sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely out, letting it all hang out oh, on yeah. the stage there. In this. Yeah, very last dance, last chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you don't get that so much no. anymore. I'm trying to think of the last show I saw that had a real... The prom has some of that. Yeah. But it's all It's all like synthesizer. But it's also mo- kind of very motivated. Uh-huh. In, I mean, the, like this, this sort of... I mean, I guess Rich Man's Frug is motivated in a mood sense. But it, mm-hmm. it's, it's this like... Or like Turkey Lurkey time. Yes. Where it's this thing that yes. just happens. Mm-hmm. And you could cut it. Whole oh, cloth yeah. from the show, totally. and it would not change mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, but it adds this extra layer Ambiance to the music. Yeah, and like, and mood. It's yeah. very of yeah. its time. I mean, it quickly went away. That's what's mm-hmm. so funny about this show coming out the year before Company. I mean, Company yeah. is an artificial line in the sand, mm-hmm. certainly to draw between old and new, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But it sits there, mm-hmm. and so we kind of we do sort of consider it that break where Sondheim became Sondheim, and yeah. musical theater was forever changed. It yeah. didn't happen, obviously, a month after this show opened. The mm-hmm. show did run for two more years, but it, it is this sort of sense of like. But even Company has TikTok. Mm-hmm. It does have. I mean, it's a sex scene, but it has yeah. a dance for no reason. Oh, totally. Right there in the in the middle of Act Two, and yeah. we just we're gonna dance on it for a while, and mm-hmm. it's, it's telling to me that it's it's often cut and yeah was put back in i think the london revival put it back in the most recent one where yeah. bobby was a woman um i think they had it, it every, it's always one of those things when people do company like, are we're, they like, gonna do we're doing tiktok it's yeah. like oh they're doing tiktok mm-hmm. yeah. but they use those updated orchestrations and rick i hate those updated <laughs> orchestrations i do i like well here's the thing i like so we'll I, I, we will get to fasten your seatbelt oh swear totally to God. but this score is couldn't be more 1970 if it tried. Oh, I mean, yeah. It is really, it's right there. It's mm-hmm. very, it's that late 60s thing. I don't know what you call that, where we're, we're getting into 70s music. It's yeah. very, like you say, it's horns and guitars mm-hmm. living together in harmony. Oh, yeah. But in a, not in a, like, Motown way. In, no. in, a, in a very white people way. Yes. And yes. that's the score we're living with. Mm-hmm. And... I haven't heard anything from the 2008 Encores production yeah. with Christian Ebersol, which is great casting. Totally. Um, but I'm a little terrified that they... Tried to make just it... Just changed, just yeah. updated the orchestrations. Because when they did it yeah. for Company in the 95 revival, it really sterilizes the show mm-hmm. in this weird way. It makes it almost more of a time capsule. Yes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the show, so the show has a walk of guitar, it has a guitar pedal. Like, yeah. so what? Like, like lean into it. Exactly like, right. Like that's why we're here for it. Yeah. yeah. It's that thing of like shows that are set in anything from like 1960, 1967 probably up, where it's, if, if it's not specifically hippie or if it's not like, in, if the time period isn't specifically germane to the story, mm-hmm. there's this real tendency of people to just modernize it because yeah. it's not that hard. They had all the same, they had television, they had phones, they had mm-hmm. basically, you know, they didn't have computers, but whatever. They, they, they have all basically all the same stuff we have now. Yeah. And so you can just quickly kind of kick it up into modern day. And I mm-hmm. think that's a real 
real mistake, especially yeah. with shows like Applause and Company mm-hmm. that are very, very much of their time. Yes. Very much. E- e- even in their subject matter mm-hmm. and in the way they handle certain subject matter, um, which brings us to the very interesting fact in Applause that it's one of the first mainstream Broadway musicals, I think, to have openly gay characters mm-hmm. in it and not in a... I mean, you did it, yeah. and I don't know how your high school handled it, mm-hmm. but the but they, it doesn't feel... Uh, Dwayne is, yeah. is the hairdresser. He is a hairdresser, but yeah. we'll move past that. Mm-hmm. It, it <laughs> is, he doesn't feel... What's the word I'm looking for? Foppish. Yeah. He feels just like he's he's a character mm-hmm. and he is gay. Yeah. And that is just part of this. And there's not a huge moment of like, what? Absolutely. You know? We're yeah. not like our jaws don't drop. And also... I was not my most out self in high school, especially sure. as a freshman. Sure. And seeing a character in like the early 2000s who could be played, like if you are fabulous with a capital F, go for it. And if you are more of like a metrosexual, mm-hmm. go for it. And hair is just like your drag. Like that was huge. Mm. And it wasn't someone we were like, there wasn't a memorial for this character. There wasn't sure, like... they didn't die. It, it wasn't like <laughs> tragic. Right. And that was so empowering. There isn't even a moment where... The thing I was expecting, which yeah. is Eve's own sort of country naivete yeah, like, mm-hmm. to be exposed by the fact that she doesn't know he's gay. You just yeah. expect that joke mm-hmm. to be there for the yeah. audience to know and for Lauren McCall to know and mm-hmm. her just be like, oh my God, what do you mean? You yeah. like, you know, I thought you... I thought but they're you, just yeah. like so of he's gay. It. He's very happy. It's like, yeah. no, he's just, that's just mm-hmm. who he is. He's just in this show. Yeah. He's just, and he's just in the world yes. of the theater. It's and he knows these people. Right. And he, I love that Margot, even like as a person of status, that's who she turns to for like, I'm having a horrible night. I need to go out at the time. Like in my production, we didn't talk about the fact that he takes them to the village. Sure. We were just like, they go out. Right. And because you're in high school, you're like, okay, they go out. Like right. it's a diner with a stage or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought hey, it whatever. was, right. but it worked for the moment. But yeah, to like think back to that. And like, I remember reading those sides at auditions. Like I wasn't going to get it cause I was a freshman Sure. anyway, but it, it like started this feeling that, well, this was the first show where I thought to myself, I could do this as like my Mm. life. I was like, oh, shows talk about the feeling of being in the thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was so, that's always been easy for me to play. And maybe like I play it too much to my detriment, but like, who cares at this point? Like I'm (laughs) I'm doing it. So like, if you don't like it, just don't cast me. And like that happens. (laughs) But, but like, yeah, it it was huge in that in that way. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay, like I could do I could do this, and I don't have to play something I'm not. I don't have to like hide this like major part of myself. Mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really great. Mm-hmm. It's so it's interesting to hear you. I mean, you were in high school. You started high school in 2002. Yes, and I graduated high school in two, in 1998, and it's just so I was graduating college when you were starting high school. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is. When did Queer Eye for the Straight Guy start? Mm. 2003. Okay, Okay. so we're still pre-Queer Eye. Yeah. Um, It it really feels like the nine years, or the eight years, nine years, I I, I finished college on time, the eight years (laughs) between (laughs) high school and college um, was this tremendously rapid evolution Mm -hmm. between, like, when I was a freshman in high school, 
nobody was out. Yeah. Like literally nobody. And I went to Catholic school, but even mm-hmm. so, like even in the public schools, I, I did theater with people who were gay, mm-hmm. who were not out, and you didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in this like self, this safe, welcoming, loving environment, yeah. you did not talk about it in 1994. Mm-hmm. And then the first big sea change, at least for theater, was Rent. Like Rent mm-hmm. was the first mm-hmm. time where there were gay characters, like you say, of yeah. a lot of different shades. Totally. And there was this opportunity in a safe way mm-hmm. for us to experience gay characters and then yeah. do scenes from that show and like maybe somebody really wants to play Angel right. and we're just gonna let yeah. that like and we're all yeah. just gonna let that we're gonna go. go with it we're just gonna let yeah. that person be Angel <laughs> go you know mm-hmm. what I mean and maybe this girl really wants to be Maureen just yeah. run 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 you know yeah. it was really that free and Mark who knows where Mark like, there was yeah. a lot of conversations mm-hmm. in high school whether Mark was gay or not yeah um but so then like to that to 96 to you know then there's this whole transom up through Queer Eye where it's yeah. like it's still kind of the love that dare not speak its name. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden. Well, and it, it was weird isn't. because being gay was never a problem outside of the four walls of my house. Like, mm-hmm. my parents are two of the most accepting people on the planet. My younger brother, who's also adopted, is also gay. So, like, and he was more open about it when we were younger than I was. Mm-hmm. I think I, I was like trying to masquerade as like asexual just to like get out of town and go to college right. and then find just myself. Just not talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And I found it really odd to like, it didn't bother me to be called gay, like as like a middle school like teasing mechanism. Mm-hmm. But because I had this feeling ever since I saw Paul Rudd in Clueless that like something was going on, <laughs> but I didn't know because I didn't have life experience to talk about it. It was like, mm, shouldn't that be something we don't touch until we're like twenty, right? Sure. Like, should, okay. like, until I'm like with another person and know like what's for sure, me. Sure, that's true. So yeah. that was kind of like that took me on a tilt whirl, and. At the same time, like, I didn't own that I wanted to be a performer for a long time in a lot of the same oh, really? way. I, I, like, had a knack for it. I would get noticed for things. It was all, like, all I did every week after school was dance. Like, every day after school, I saw, like, my dance teachers in high school more than I saw my parents. Like, it was what I, like, ate and slept and breathed. But... I, it didn't feel real like until this show, until I was like, oh, not only do people do this, like, cause I watched the Tonys and I like sure. loved cast recordings and would listen to them like on the tennis courts, like at the swim club every summer, like whatever. But <laughs> a lot of imagery in your life. I oh, like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like listening to Over the Moon on the tennis courts of this like white privileged sure, swim club sure. in the middle of New Jersey sure. was such a moment. And nice. then I went to college and was like, oh, some people are actually performance artists. Like Maureen yeah. isn't just like an anomaly. Like there right. are other people like her. She was a created whole cloth. That from, was huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but uh there was a whole show and like hearing about gypsies and people who traveled from show to show to show. And like at some point I learned that Nicholas Dante was in the ensemble and then Paul from a chorus line is his story. Yeah. Like that was huge. Cause I knew what a chorus line was and I knew that it was based on actual conversation. But to know that, like, we did a show that the real Paul was in was, like, a watershed moment. Sure. So, I I don't know. Like, those two things happening at the same time and converging on this wacky little 70s musical was, like, a lot. (laughs) Wacky is an excellent (laughs) word for it, too. It is. It is. Because it also... Unlike its source material, or unlike the movie, I should say. I've never read the short story. But unlike... The movie is funny. Mm -hmm. But it's dark. Yes. It is a very dark, and the mm-hmm. jokes are 
pointed. And yeah, and it's you're, got a very mean. You're never air like to laughing it. for like, oh, this is an enjoyable laugh. No, it's like, oh. Yeah, like, so it's, sort it's either because like, George Sanders is being wry, yes. or because something's about like somebody said something devastating mm-hmm. to somebody else, and it's just yeah. ooh, you know. And you're like, if you said that to me, like in the line at Dunkin' Donuts, like I would be broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. It's a lot. I mean, the lines are phenomenal. Yes. And, and, and quote, a very, very, very quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the musical, yeah, is a musical comedy. Mm-hmm. It is. It really leans into yeah the comedy aspects of it which you can tell actually so here's the question have you seen the movie of the musical there's a movie of the musical there is a movie of the musical there is a tv movie of the musical it is all on youtube i will put the link in the description go get it quickly because i'm i've now said that out loud but it and it is lauren mccall and penny fuller and robert manigan like a lot of people from the original uh Broadway production, unfortunately, not uh, Len Caru, but mm-hmm. his he's, his character is being played by Larry Hagman, so oh, okay. you know, no, mm-hmm. no slouch. Mm-hmm. But it is a you know, TV movie version of this musical that was made shortly after it closed on Broadway, and you can tell from the first shot, which is the same thing. She gets her Tony Award, mm-hmm. and then like Lauren McCall walks back with her, and they're like hand in hand smiling, and then Lauren McCall like they're about to take a picture, trips her. Oh. And she like falls out of the picture and then the picture gets taken. It's freeze frame because it's 70s like applause. You yeah. Know? And you're just like, so it's, it's, I mean, it's a bit. Yeah. And it, that's sort of this musical. It's a, okay. it's a very much funny, mm-hmm. you know, the story is a comedy first. Yeah. And then it has other stuff in it because I think it also cuts out the darkest part of the movie, which may not be in the short mm-hmm. story, which is the, at the end in the film, spoiler alert for All About Eve, uh, George Sanders' character reveals the truth about Eve, that mm-hmm. she's been lying about a lot of her life and yeah. her life story, and then basically tells her she's, she's planning on getting married to Margot's husband, but mm-hmm. he, he will not allow it. He now yeah. controls her life, and she's going to go on being a successful music, uh, actor and give him a cut of her, or otherwise he'll tell everyone yeah. the truth about her. And it's this really interesting cinching up of the fact that she will not be in a very 50s kind of way mm-hmm. rewarded for her sins she will yeah. get ex- she will be she will get exactly what she wants mm-hmm. and it is not it's not going to make her happy and she's going to yeah. end up exactly like Margot and the musical kind of eschews that a little bit um, mm-hmm. to do this like applause part two sort of like fourth wall breaking like, yeah we're actors and we're going to sing to you about it again. Yeah, it, it sort yeah. of cheats a little yeah. bit. It, but, but it does, in, again, leaning into the comedy. Mm-hmm. It's one of the two moments I really was like, Ugh. the other one <laughs> is fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night. Eh, 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 eh. Batten the hatches, we're gonna have a funzy flight. Eh, eh, eh. She's laughing a bit too loudly, that's how the last one began. I figure she's two drinks from the spot, where you know what hits the fan. Don't take off your coat, you came the wrong night. Get out while you can, mother is uptight. We're sitting there. It was great because mm-hmm. I didn't like. I'd obviously I had the album. I'd read through the song list, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is a song called Fast and Your Seatbelts." Yeah. Cool. 
it came up the first time I was playing with my kids. It just came up in the background, and I just went, ooh, man, yeah. writing the words first is not great for everybody. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, it's not a, it's not a great lyrical phrase. And the fact yeah. that it's a choral number. Oh, Yeah. It's just so, was not what I was expecting. I was yeah. expecting a solo in which, like, basically, if you'd ask me, what is the song about? I would say, mm-hmm. oh, Margot sings this song alone, and, mm-hmm. like, it ends with that line. And we just are all <laughs> waiting for it. Like, but no, no, this is But a, we do the exact, exact opposite. opposite. We're, like, cocktail party. Yeah. Everyone is foreshadowing right, that, that she's it's about to go down. Yeah. And then you have, like, I don't know, there's, like, two sopranos on the recording who are just, like, up there sustaining <laughs> you know they lived for that harmony oh, line sure. and i was living to it right like driving to work this morning <laughs> driving down wisconsin this evening it was yeah. everything to me oh my god it's so funny it yeah. is and it really it really really took me out of mm-hmm. the of the show it was oh in yeah this way, which i can imagine like in the theater it's mm-hmm. one of those terrible moments when you're adapting a movie mm-hmm. and again they weren't but they were because as I say, the movie was huge. Where you have to, there's certain things you have to do yeah. when you're adapting a film to mm-hmm. the stage. I've talked about this before, but there are like certain things you cannot cut because it's not the movie without whatever yeah. these moments are. And they're like big, they have to do the dance on the piano. Yeah. They just have to. It's iconic. And that line is one of the most famous lines in mm-hmm. the history of, of cinema. And yeah. it's said by Betty Davis. Like mm-hmm. you cannot cut the line. Yeah. So... And you got to, I guess you got to put it in a song, I guess. I mean, I guess you kind of do. I guess that is like, in the traditional, this is one way where it does differ from, from the, it shows itself to be on this side of the company line, mm-hmm. is that it it is, there are a lot of decisions made in this adaptation that are very, like, Frank Lesser, 1950s, mm-hmm. like, old school musical decisions. Totally. And that song is one of them, where yeah. it's like, no, it's a show, yeah. and we have to do do this this yeah. way and that's there's no there's no way around it and it is it, it along with the finale because the show does sort of just stop yeah <laughs> especially on the recording it probably is better in the, in, in the audience obviously but in the recording you're really just sort of like she sings on Halloween mm-hmm. and you're like okay like I'm yeah which is also yeah. a guilty pleasure like I have a friend I like that who yeah. was in the show with me she's like my best friend from high school and middle school and when we see each other in New Jersey over the holidays we will find a parking lot and we will just like live our lives to one Halloween like once or twice Calm and collected No sign of panic She's alive She's alive So alive I'm wound up like a spring That's been tightened Dreamy and dizzy But not a bit frightened I'm alive I'm alive So alive Everybody loves the winner But nobody loves the flop No one worries how you got there Once you're standing on the top So I feel up and together and steady Eager, excited, so come on, I'm ready Ready for the climb Baby, it's my time You believe it! I'm alive Alive And it's everything I look forward to the holidays for like that moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) That's fantastic. I mean, hey, man. 
Live your well, truth. And because right? like, and this show does it. I love when we're just like going to own that someone is not like singer first, sure. and we're going to speak a line in the middle of a song because we can't find the notes, we can't hit the notes, we wouldn't know the notes if they hit us in the face. <laughs> so we're going to just like talk this line. And I mean, every single one of those moments I live for. Sure. Oh, got it. <laughs> well, it's funny that it's not Lauren Bacall. No. That it's, it, it, it's uh, what's the actress's name? It's Penny Fuller. Because mm-hmm. um, Eve sings that song, obviously. Yeah. I mean, who, I don't know what point Lauren Bacall was cast, but mm-hmm. it feels like she was cast pretty early in the mm-hmm. process because the songs that she does sing, and she has a number of them, mm-hmm. are all written oh, for, for her, her range. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I said baritone, that's a yeah. joke, but she's she's more of a tenor than she is an alto. I mean, totally. she really has a, and it, she has that wonderful, there's so much resonance to her voice. It's not mm-hmm. just, it's not deep and raspy, it's yeah. deep and full. She mm-hmm. has this fantastic low register. Oh, and yeah. It's like a good red wine. There you go. Oh, like that's just like oh, I love that soothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you, you realize kind of what a compliment it was to Bogart's voice, mm-hmm. which is a little high, yeah, and a little squeaky, and she's in with this very luscious mm-hmm. sort of built for like radio voice. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. tall. He's yeah. short. There's an excellent like, even though they had him standing on boxes, mm-hmm. they they as a pair, yeah. complement each other totally. so, so well in all the films they did together. And, and they're not all great, but the, the, a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, the bad ones are still kind of great. Like, there's something yeah, to love. there's something about those. Well, because they're all, you know, like, what's the what's the worst Bogey Bacall movie? Have and Have Not? That's not very good. Yeah, but it's that's fun. not great. That's but, yeah. Even the worst mm-hmm. one, it's, it's, they're just, they end up being fun. I mean, the, big, the big Sleep is, like, one of my all-time oh, favorite movies so good. ever. Um, and I think that was their first movie, but it was a, uh, just, you know, the, that pairing was, was so tremendous. I'm quickly Googling mm-hmm. Bogey and Bacall movies. Key Largo's kind of, mm. yeah. Yeah. Dark Passage. Hmm. Having to make that many movies together. Um, it feels like a t- they made four in like four years cause hmm. it's Hollywood in the forties. Oh yeah. Um, but so that all having that, this is all to say, like this is a role she was. It was built for her. She yeah. did win a Tony, playing mm-hmm. the role. Uh, Penny Fuller did not. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what the other musicals were that that came out this year? When I looked it up, I was like, "Pearly." Well, that's so Pearly, so fun that survives. Yeah, and the other one, it's like Coco. It's Coco. Yeah. yeah so Coco. <laughs> what's funny about Coco? It's Andre Previn's music, and I can't remember. I think it's Alan J. Lerner, book and lyrics. And what's hilarious, though, about Coco is the lead of Coco was, do you know? No. It's Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. So you have two mm-hmm. golden age of Hollywood actresses yeah. in musicals. Yeah. And like nobody. Right. And she's playing like, Coco Chanel. Singers. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Neither of them singers. Lauren yeah. Bacall, more of a singer than Catherine yes. Hepburn. But maybe that's because of where her voice sits. I think she just has a more naturally mm-hmm. melodic. Yeah. She's basically doing that thing in Music Man they talk about, just slow talk. Oh, yeah. She's really yeah. just <laughs> talking slowly. Hurry and back. Exactly. A lot of slow talking. <laughs> and she also doesn't have that, like, transatlantic to get over. Like That's true. Thinking of Catherine Hepburn singing with that yeah. is, like, a guilty pleasure. Or even Audrey Hepburn. That oh, would yeah. be, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a... That, yeah. like, I'm not British, but I'm in Connecticut wearing pants. 
there a cast album for Coco? I've never. I'm suddenly very interested to hear Catherine Hepburn saying. I like there kind is. of need that. Yeah, I'm kind of gonna have to hear that. The revolution was on. Anytime the younger generation rebels, the rebellion begins in clothes. And the dresses in that shop were the firebrands that stormed the corset, cut open the laces, and freed women from the Victorian padded cell. And as I freed them, they freed me. Frank by Frank by Frank. Oh, the money rings out like freedom. Clink, clink, a jingle. That primitive sound is freedom to me. Free to parade up. The rue de la paid up. As equal as I can be. Every franc in the bank is freedom. Clink, clink, they jingle. We live in a world where cabbage is king. So die, Mark and Krona, come make me your owner and let freedom ring. One day. But it is, so that's a musical based on the life of Coco Chanel. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they skipped the Nazi stuff. And, um, knock on wood. Knock on wood. And then the other musical is Pearly, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a great musical. Yeah. If you've never heard it, there's some tremendous songs in in Pearly. And it it pops up every every Mm -hmm. now and again. It's probably the most done of those three. And that's it. Those are the three musicals of that season. Yeah. And applause and Pearly kind of divided the Tonys Mm -hmm. between them. Um, with yeah. Pearly winning uh, actor and, and supporting actress. Actually, Melba Moore, who was in Hair, mm. won uh, supporting actress that year over Penny Fuller. And Bonnie Franklin. I love Bonnie Franklin. Uh, um, amazing. But so th- those were the three big shows that year. And it's mm-hmm. so funny to, to sort of look at that and then you just hop one year later. Yeah. And it's, well, it's Company and the Rothschilds, actually, and that's pretty mm. much it. It's funny the, the musicals that we, were, that we were doing at this mm-hmm. period of time. Uh, but it, it is... It's this sort of like it's this this thing I also think that happens with musicals with the, like you say with this one where this musical doesn't have like we all know it mm-hmm. those of us in the thing what was so funny is I texted uh, Logan Caldwell Block who works at Playbill who's been on the podcast a couple times and mm-hmm. he and I always ask him when I'm doing a show like this if he's got any tidbits mm-hmm. and he said no and then he sent me six things <laughs> 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 and then wrote oh I guess I do have some tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're all sort of like they're, they're just like fun little facts about the Tony's performance mm-hmm. and stuff like this he also points out this musical did open um, with a musical number at a gay bar with a gay character mm-hmm. um, a year after Stonewall yeah which is not you know here we are on the 50th anniversary yeah. obviously that is fresh on everybody's mind so mm-hmm. that is it is not to be undersold I yeah. think the sort of the importance of that yeah. uh, of that character and that and that moment in, in the theater. I think that's like a great reason to revisit it. And I also want to revisit it because of Fasten Your Seatbelts. Because I think in the right hands, like I would want to choreograph it. And I think Ooh. like making it a storytelling moment or and like really making it stylized and maybe it looks totally different than everything else in the show, but you're like referencing other like in your face theatrical moments in the show, but sure. like in a nuanced, like almost modern dance way, I think could make it serve more of a purpose. Well, I think that you'd have the advantage now of staging it that you could kind of lean in to the camp mm-hmm. 
in a good way, yeah. like not in a dismissive way, but in yeah. a good way. And, and, and because it is campy, mm-hmm. it's just wasn't you know when something comes out, it can't be campy. It's yeah. got to age, you know, yeah. in an oak barrel somewhere in a in a, in a basement. Absolutely. And then, like, and then like fifty gays are living for it. Yeah. And then like they get other people into it who have deep pockets, and they're like, we're gonna bring it back, and it's gonna be so great. Yeah. And then you yeah. just do it, but mm-hmm. in that sense of like knowing that this thing that you're playing with mm-hmm. is silly. And I think it, it wants to be silly. I think yeah. that's where it lives. I'm just now realizing one of the reasons it reminded me of It's a Bird, It's a Planet Superman is because Charles Strauss also wrote It's a Bird, It's mm. a Planet Superman. It's literally the same uh, composer. But it, it, yes, I think that if you did it now and you mm-hmm. really set it in 1970 and yeah. you really like ran at it mm-hmm. and used those orchestrations and used those, you could stage the moments in such a way where I think the audience would go, Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But then you run the risk. I mean, the problem with that is you can run the risk of, and I'll be interested to know what you think about think about this, of, of the audience sort of laughing at what's happening yeah. instead of laughing yeah. with it. And I don't know which, which one this show kind of prefers. It mm-hmm. seems to kind of have both. It has those yeah. moments of like, aren't these people silly? And Fasten mm-hmm. Your Seatbelts is kind of one of them. Oh, but then yeah. there's also those, those quiet moments of or shared comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Good Friends is... Oh, if you know what's happening amazing yeah good friends who really don't care if you're a swinger or you're a square I know that you too you never could do one mean thing to me oh I wish I'd never drained that tank friendship is a ring a circular thing it never ends and we've got it Just like New Year's Eve. Eve, Eve, gas, empty tanks. What have I done to my good friends? Good God. Well, and it, it, like, it's so funny that, like, I mean, so many of these shows, like, you end up talking about Sondheim, but, like, one ends up talking about Sondheim. Yes. But I think Good Friends does that Sondheim thing of, like, and a lot of theater does this, but like we're really in a different place at the end of the song than we are in the beginning of the song. We mm-hmm. get to watch that happen in that one song. And I remember that being a quieter moment in the show, clearly because I was like dancing gay number five. Like I had nothing to do with it. Like sure. I was five miles away on a big hill from that number. Sure, sure. But I, so I watched it a lot, like in rehearsals. Yeah. And I remember, like, I wasn't, I didn't really become an actor until college. I was really like, I'm going to dance, I'm going to sing, and that's going to get me through any of this acting that I don't know how to do or Mm -hmm. really want to do. But I remember looking at that number and being like, oh, this is doing something really cool. This is doing something really modern. And like, I guess unless you have a really good Margot, like that kind of acting isn't really happening anywhere else in the show. And I mm-hmm. really loved that. And then I went to college and the first show I did in college was Merrily. Yeah. And I was, and like that kind of does that All maybe a little too much. Yeah, maybe. So I was obsessed. Sure. I was like a whole show of good <laughs> friends that like, that like didn't run on Broadway and we're now doing it. Like yeah, yeah. I loved like a deep cut. <laughs> I think that's really when I when I tapped into like my truest self. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite song? I have three for different reasons. Sure. Good friends because of like what it does theatrically. What we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
um, welcome to the theater because of what it meant to me and what it like continues to mean to me. Um, and she's no longer a gypsy. She's no longer a gypsy. She'll be leaving us soon. She did the understudy to the rescue bit. Now she's halfway to the moon. She's no longer a gypsy. No more equity calls. She's gonna get them crazy invitations now to Truman Capote's balls. Have a beer, your last one, dear. From this night on, it's all champagne. The star was late. Shirley MacLaine I'm no longer a gypsy Put me on the marquee It's out of the chorus in heaven time It's just heaven, it's just because I love a number that is still in the world of what you're talking about, but doesn't on the surface directly relate, but is so uh, it, it's like it's like the show within the show because mm-hmm. they are one of them is embodying Eve and her like climbing up this ladder and knocking people down and uh, and it's fun I, I feel like like applause can be fun and when we did it it was fun but mm-hmm. it also has this like meaning to it that I think like if you're doing it well there's a bite to it yeah and um, so yeah, so I, I like that there's that that like turkey lurky almost moment of like the dancers are going to dance, mm-hmm. the people who do the talking are gonna pop a lozenge, text a friend, <laughs> check their email, right, whatever, put they their do. feet up for a minute, right, get a water. It was the seventies; they were all having cigarettes. I mean, let's be honest, or a quaalude, and it. <laughs> So grabbing a joint and drink in the alley. Absolutely. Like that's, yeah, right. um, so yeah, so I, I love it for that. And I, I remember that number being a lot of fun to do because it is that. It's like, I think, the campiest on the surface of the whole show. But it's, it is performative. Yes, I mean, it, it's yes. performative in a show mm-hmm. that is performative. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's doubling on itself. And I can yeah. see that being like so much fun mm-hmm. to, because they are, they are in that moment yeah. In a show, putting on a show to make mm-hmm. fun of the show that's being put on. Like yeah. it's a great, you know, wonderful layer cake of, yeah. of of hilariousness and camp. And then like favorite in terms of like revisiting for like the laugh of it all is just like anything Lauren Bacall does. 100%. Anything at all. It's really funny looking at what what I noticed looking at the song list mm-hmm. is that Bonnie is really our only view of the outside world. Yeah. Because it's mostly Margot and Eve who have all the songs. Yeah, and, then, and like, scenes. Bill has one. And the guys. Yeah, and the guys. But mm-hmm. they, they don't sing a lot. Like, no. You know, there's there's a couple characters here and there, and like Bill mm-hmm. has two songs and blah, blah, blah. But Bonnie exists in this world, mm-hmm. but she's a gypsy yeah. in, in the dance sense. So she is on the outside looking mm-hmm. in on the stars and has this great external viewpoint kind of Dwayne yep. has the same sort of thing mm-hmm. and he can kind of they can observe and comment and be our yeah. proxy and let us know that the, one of the heroes of this mo- this play who you may have been rooting for a little bit mm-hmm. is not doing so great like yeah. this isn't maybe somebody you want to you know she's giving in that song and she's no longer a gypsy mm-hmm. some interesting context mm-hmm. to what we've just seen especially on the heel of good friends being yeah. more like Ugh, we know what we've just seen yeah um 
it it can that can be fun. That sounds yeah. I can imagine that being super fun. I really really love uh, Bonnie Franklin, and I love her in this mm-hmm. recording. She's a she's a wonderful actor. It's like a, a role that singer. fits like a glove. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, uh, this is it, it it it's a it's a rare thing, I and mean, this show is so well cast. Totally, this production of it is just absolutely perfectly cast, and she is uh, from Lauren McCall <clears throat> on down. It is a tremendously well cast show, and that's impressive because it's not. The roles are very specific. Yeah. Very, very specific parts. Mm-hmm. And it's just in the same way the movie is perfectly cast, mm-hmm. you know, which is, again, they're very, very specific parts. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that they were able to, you know, lightning strikes twice in this situation. And, I mean, Christine Ebersole as Margot in the 2008 Encores production, that's perfect casting. And I think Mario Cantone is Dwayne. Mario Cantone is Dwayne. <laughs> when I read that. Uh, is that a little on the nose? Or is that perfect? That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. That's perfect. His Sambic is perfect. So oh, I can yeah. like his Sambic is absolutely perfect. So I, I will I will take your word for it. I as Dwayne Fox. <laughs> I like Mario Cantone a lot. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank this you. This was wonderful to talk to you about applause. Absolutely. Um, you're gonna be in cabaret. I am. And only when is that opening? August thirty first uh-huh. to October sixth. Nice. Yeah. And you are in the ensemble. Nice. It's a great ensemble. Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, I, at my same high school, just to bring it full circle, sure. went to see a production of Cabaret when I was in third grade oh, with good my God. neighbors, with my two neighbors, because their daughter was in it, and she went to my dancing school, uh-huh. and her mom told my mom, like, everything I needed to do, because I started dance at three, because my neighbor did it, and I was like, I'm going to go, and then she ended up quitting. But, it's and very, I um, stayed. It's very, uh... Damn, what's the name of the song? I can do that. Yes, that's yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. yes. A part of her play, but a song I a song deeply identify with. I would say, with. yeah, yeah. Um, so they were like, she's in this production of Cabaret. He can come to see it. And my parents were very, they had kids later in life, so they were like, yeah, we're going to do we're gonna do it all. So sure. I went. Wow. And my one neighbor, he had just had hernia surgery, so he had to sit on a donut and would have to get up like every like 20 minutes to pace. And I was just like glued to it. And of course, because it was my parents, I had seen the Joel Gray and Liza Minnelli movie before, before I saw the production. Whoa! <laughs> which are like they are similar, but they are also very, vastly very, different. Well, this would have been in, this is before Sam Mendes. Yeah. yeah. So this is still like the original 1960s. Yes. Like everyone goes in thinking Joel Gray and Liza. Right. Yeah. And it, but it has, I'm sure it still had songs that like telephone, that mm-hmm. telephone song in the beginning of Act One that yep. is like, is wisely excised yes. from the show, but yes. like is a, yeah, it's much yeah. more musical theatery totally. than it is now. So yeah, it's yeah. full. Wow. And so you were that was third a third grade? I was in third grade. Good God. Yes. Man. Well, loved it. No, I loved sure. it. I lived my whole life. And, and now I, you get to, you know. Yeah, and now, now I get to like it. live it. And I choreographed it in college. So oh, like, okay. And I, I was really into like the research of the time period and like mm-hmm. the Weimar Republic and wh- who else was making art at this time and like what was rising before it all came tumbling down. Mm-hmm. So to go into it now, like, like it's a bucket list show. So to like do it is going to be so meaty. I, yeah. I just like, I'm going to live my whole life. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, that's coming at you. <laughs> so come on and see Cabaret at Olney. It's going to be great. Thank you so much, Rick. It was Thank so you. lovely to I talk mean, like, to you. I love this podcast. Like, I hate driving in the morning uh-huh. to work, and this podcast has made it, like, <laughs> so that I am alert and awake, and I get to school in a good mood. So, like, I, oh, this is a blessing. Right. Well, thank you very much for doing it. I'm happy you could be here. <laughs> Me too.
The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Rick Westerkamp for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Oh!